Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Pirelli tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. This is the best of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis on Fox Sports Radio. We are indeed here in the Geico Outkick studios. Let me go ahead and bring in uh, Chris Mannix and uh, and talk with him. Let's start with that injury late last night. Probably a lot of people waking up didn't know about it uh, to the Trailblazers. How big is the injury? I mean, it's it, it's huge. Um you know, for context, it, it reminded me of, of the injury Paul George suffered a few years ago, the injury Gordon Hayward suffered a couple of years ago in terms of severity. It was it was just grotesque. And, um, you know, it, it just if you look at it from a purely basketball perspective, it, it effectively ends the, the Blazers' chances of doing anything in the postseason. Nurkic was having... Uh, the best season of his career, and if you look at the, the on-off numbers, I mean, the Blazers were a different team when when he was on the floor. So I understand that the playoff teams tend to play smaller and, and you know, a little bit more nimble, but you know, Nurkic was, was such a big part of what they do. I mean, this, the Blazers now become that team that you want to play in the first round, and I'd be surprised if they're not out in uh, you know four or five games. I want to hit you with this big question. Uh, obviously, that's a significant injury, and uh, and, and the Trailblazers' uh, hopes may well have taken a, uh, a crippling hit there. But the NCAA tournament, which I'm sure you watch some of Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, ratings are up to a high, 28-year high, going all the way back. And you may remember this back in the days when you were a kid, too, when you had UNLV going up against Duke. That's how long it's been since college basketball has been this popular. Meanwhile, the NBA ratings are down, and they're down pretty precipitously, and I think it's going to get a lot worse when you get into the playoffs and you don't have LeBron to buoy them. 
uh, particularly, God forbid, if the NBA ended up with, let's say, a Warriors and, uh, and Raptors NBA Finals or something like that. Is this a one-year aberration, a blip, or do you see these two sports moving in different directions? And the reason why I raise it as a question is, I think that sports gambling is going to be huge. And Adam Silver and the NBA have been very progressive in this space. But as a guy who does a sports gambling show every day, the reason why I feel comfortable betting on college basketballs, particularly the NCAA tournament, is because I know I'm going to get maximum 100% effort in every NCAA tournament game. I might lose a game or I might be on the wrong side, but it's not going to be because a guy decides to take a game off for load management or because a team, much like the Warriors, just doesn't seem to care about the regular season at all. Is this a big deal when you look at the divergent paths this year between college basketball and the NBA? Is it something the league should be concerned about? You know, the, the the best answer I can give you is I don't know, really. And all the reasons you said that the NBA ratings are down are valid. I mean, you know, LeBron going west certainly has affected the, the regular season ratings. Uh, LeBron being out of the playoffs will most definitely affect the playoff ratings. Uh, the Eastern Conference has been plagued by, you know, one team at the top of it being from Canada and, you know, the other team being from Milwaukee, and, and, and compounding that to a degree has been the fact that the Celtics have both struggled and are extremely unlikable. I mean, the local ratings for the Celtics are, are terrible in, in the Boston area. I mean, they've been down significantly from last year. That's just not a very likable team uh, right now. So all those things kind of play in. All that being said, I mean, the one thing the NBA will have going for it most likely next year is that it'll have the kind of parity that we haven't seen in the league in decades. And I say that because, you know, the most likely scenario is that Kevin Durant walks somewhere else. Maybe it's the Clippers, maybe it's the Knicks. And all of a sudden, there's probably six to eight teams that realistically believe they can win a championship. And, you know, when you have that kind of parity, I think that's going to do a little bit to goose the ratings. So I I don't know. I mean, if it is, if if we go into year two play and and it's, it becomes the same type of thing. I think that's when the NBA is going to panic. But that the, the the fact that they're going to be able to shake things up a little bit and not have a, a, a de facto champion in in October, I think that's going to help them uh, throughout the season. You mentioned the Celtics and how unlikable they are. Um, it seems like one of the guys who may not like his team very much is Brad Stevens, and there definitely appears to be a controversy brewing or ongoing between he and Kyrie Irving. What can you tell us about the Celtics? Why are they so bad this year relative to expectations? They are 12 games behind in the most recent standings, the Milwaukee Bucks, locked in right now in the five spot. How bad has it gotten for them? The Pacers, even without Oladipo, have passed them in the standings. What gives? I mean, it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a long answer to that question, but you can boil it down to... Uh, a lack of chemistry and, you know, some significant mistakes, uh, not mistakes really, but a roster that just doesn't work. I mean, I think the, the overriding reason for their problems early on was that you had a bunch of young guys that took that team to a conference finals last year that were asked to, to, to basically step into lesser roles who said publicly they'd be okay with doing it. And then, 
in practice really struggle with it. I mean, you saw the the lineups early. Uh, you know, Jalen Brown started, then went to the bench. Uh, Jason Tatum, who was the number one option in the playoffs last year, he has been you know adjusting to life as kind of a standalone scorer and a third or fourth option at times. Gordon Hayward, who who has had kind of a double whammy going for him, where he's been trying to figure out his place within this team while trying to rediscover what his body can and can't do has been problematic for them. Throw in the fact that Kyrie Irving, um, you know, he, he just has he's really struggled with this leadership role. You know, I've been close to this team all season long, and when the going gets tough, Kyrie just seems like he is just trying a variety of different things. He, he, he criticizes teammates. He praises teammates. He says things are, are really bad. Then he says something like, to the, to the degree of, we're going to be fine because we have me in the playoffs. He creates uh, you know, narratives without being asked about it. I mean, the, the phone call to LeBron that he brought up you know, a couple of months ago, nobody asked him about that. He, he made a big deal about the plane ride you know, from east to west coast and how it galvanized the team, and that was news. Nobody really asked him about that. He's, he's been kind of supplying the media with storylines without really being asked about it. So, like I said, it's, it's a lot of reasons, but I, I just believe the chemistry of this team has been off since day one, and you know, if, if they don't get it together, you know, they, you know, as bad as Indiana, I think, is as a playoff team because of that Oladipo injury, they could beat Boston in the first round. And then what happens? I mean, right? I mean, the fallout for the NBA regular season maybe not mattering that much is there are so many different moving parts. And I know Kevin Durant went off on the media a month ago or whatever it was saying, hey, I don't know why you're covering this. If you were playing, you know, kind of predictive uh, re- predictive destination game right now in the NBA, where do you think Anthony Davis goes? Where do you think Kevin Durant goes? Where do you think Kyrie Irving goes? How does this, and, and Kawhi, I guess, for good measure, how does all this play out? Well, Anthony Davis, you know, part of his, his offseason is going to be directly tied to what Kyrie Irving does. The, the reason, the biggest reason Boston would have to, would be to extend this relationship with Kyrie and, and offer him, which they will, the full five-year max-level deal, is because Kyrie Irving to them means Kyrie Irving and Anthony Davis. Because if they get Kyrie to sign a five-year supermax type of deal, max-level type of deal, they'll go all in for Davis regardless of what Davis says he wants to do, and they'll get him because, quite simply, they can offer more than anybody else for Davis, and and they'll put a lot on the table to go out there and get him. So I'm still leaning towards a Kyrie-Anthony Davis uh, pairing in Boston, but if this team goes out in the first round, all bets are off there. As far as Durant goes, you know, you know, I, I hate to believe the Knicks know anything, but if if they traded away Kristaps Porzingis for virtually nothing without a, a a real belief that they were going to get Kevin Durant, I mean, they're more inept than I thought. Like that's just that's all you can say about it. Because if they if Kevin Durant winds up signing with the Clippers and and everybody else kind of stays within their corners, whether it's Kawhi with the Clippers or, or Raptors and, and the, the Sixers guys staying where they are. That franchise is just in the toilet. I, I, I'm just going to gonna predict Kevin Durant to the Knicks if for no other reason than they just can't have let Porzingis go for nothing without having some kind of assurances somewhere behind the scenes that Durant was going to come play for them. 
And the fact that, I mean, the Knicks really are an amazing story. I mean, just to be as incompetent as they are coming down the stretch. Now, uh, let's go to L.A. I mean, because LeBron has been eliminated from the playoffs. And it's funny, everything really just went awry for them the minute that they leaked the news about Anthony Davis and the trade, right? And then what you've seen in the past uh, couple of weeks is a lot of people start to ask a question that I asked on this show a while ago, which is, if uh, the Lakers really are willing to trade away assets, isn't LeBron the asset they really should be trying to move since he doesn't fit the young talent that they have, which is going to get even younger because they're going to end up with a decent lottery, a uh, decent pick, and maybe best case scenario they get you know a really high level. They, they, they get one of those magic uh, ping pong balls in the lottery or something to happen. But even if that were to occur, it just further kind of, I think, elucidates the distinction here between aging LeBron James and youthful Laker roster. Isn't the smart play, if you take away all the emotion, to go ahead and acknowledge that this is a disastrous uh, combination and try to move LeBron? Look, in a vacuum, I completely agree with you because, you know, option A for this Laker team is to make the same type of offer for Anthony Davis that they did before the trade deadline, hope that uh, the way things shake out, Boston gets out of it and it's enough to to, to acquire and, Davis. And, and let me pause like, you there for a minute. LeBron James getting traded to the New Orleans Pelicans, his reaction no. would be what? Can you imagine the, the, the reaction if to finish his career in theory, the New Orleans Pelicans traded for LeBron? Would LeBron even show up in New Orleans? You know, that, that's the question because it, it's not, you know, the NBA is not like the NFL. You don't carry that same type of leverage because your contracts are guaranteed. And you know, there have been a handful of guys that have been able to, to sort of dictate where they will and won't go. And of course, if you're coming up on free agency, you have a ton of leverage. But LeBron, as one GM told me, you know, weeks ago, has, has the most valuable contract in the NBA. He's got three years left on that deal with no outs. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's problematic for him if the Lakers decide to trade him. But here's the real thing with, with LeBron. And let's say they do strike out and everything in the offseason and are staring down the barrel of coming back with largely the same group uh, next season. The Denver Nuggets last summer were frantically trying to get a meeting with Rich Paul and, and LeBron's team about convincing him to go play in Denver. If the Nuggets, for some reason, get beat in the second round, I can see that Denver front office, which is an extremely aggressive front office, trying to put together some type of deal with the Lakers. Remember, the Denver team has a ton of young assets, draft picks, all that you could that would be appealing to L.A. I could see them trying to put together a type of deal that would get LeBron on board because they believe, they did last offseason, that a Jamal Murray, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic uh, uh, core could get something done in the Western Conference. Let's say that the Nuggets put together a deal to acquire LeBron. That would be a real test of of what LeBron wants. I mean, you don't want to go to New Orleans. That would never happen. But the Nuggets are a contending team. And it's not L.A. It's, it's certainly a different type of market. But if LeBron is looking at trying to win a championship, going to Denver with that core I just described is is the, the, the option that makes the most sense, certainly more than L.A., which at that point will have been kind of going nowhere and have, have no chance of, of getting to a championship. That's the most interesting thing to me. If the Nuggets, watch for that. If the Nuggets get beat badly in the second round, I could see uh, you know that rumor coming up or those conversations coming up 
in the offseason, then things can get really interesting. Did LeBron and his crew make a really fundamental miscalculation? You, you why they didn't get a no trade clause? Was the, is this no? Some... You just you just don't get those in the NBA. I mean, I mean, first of all, the, the it's not that you can't get those, but uh, very very few players have them or have had them. I can count on one hand the number of guys I can recall having them uh, in their contracts. And two, like it, it just never would have occurred to them that that something like this you know could have happened, and this would be uh, an option that they'd uh, they'd potentially be having to face. However, unlikely in the offseason, it still is unlikely. I mean, Magic Johnson is the ultimate decision maker, and, and I just don't see Magic Johnson under any circumstances pulling the trigger on a deal like that. What happens in the West uh, and in the NBA in general? Would you take the Warriors or the field right now? The Warriors limping down the stretch. They don't really seem to care. Uh, they're a half game up in the Western Conference. Uh, the Rockets seem to be the only real team that has got a great deal of momentum in the West. Uh, I know the Nuggets have been fine, but I, I think with what the Warriors have done to them when they've played down the stretch here, it's hard for the Nuggets to have that much momentum. You go in Warriors in the West, and would you go Warriors or the field right now in the NBA? Yeah, I'd say Warriors and Warriors versus the field. I mean, we can't say, as as many, myself included, have said that the, the, the regular season coming off you know, two championships is going to be a challenge for Golden State, and they're going to sleepwalk through much of it. We can't say that in October, November, and then be surprised when they actually do it. Like that—that's kind of the the way I look at it. I mean, there've been certain things you didn't expect: the Durant, uh, Draymond Green blow up, uh, the fact that Demarcus Cousins has been running hot and cold since he's been back. But we kind of said this was something that was possible. Uh, with the regular season, and, and, and we shouldn't be surprised that it's come to fruition. But this is a team, more than any other, that can just flip a switch and, and turn into uh, a great group. And look, there's a variable. I mean, DeMarcus in the playoffs, is he an asset or a liability? But they've addressed that to a degree. Andrew Bogut coming in, uh, I saw him play play well last night. Uh, you know, They still get some of the smaller guys there that can give them minutes to five spots. So I don't think it's going to be a huge issue and around them, I mean, who's going to beat them? I mean, I, I'm amazed at what the Rockets have been able to do uh, in the second half of the season. And some of their, their midseason pickups have been terrific, but I'd still favor Golden State in that series. Denver, as you mentioned, I mean, they don't have kind of that one guy you can lean on uh, from the perimeter in the playoffs. And as a dark horse, I'd say Oklahoma City because of the two guys they have, but they've been struggling over the last couple of weeks. So I'm still uh, you know, operating with the belief that, that Golden State flips the switch, they, they, they turn to the team we've seen in years past, and, and they start running roughshod through most of the teams in the West. Last question for you, and we're talking with Chris Mannix. You can go follow him at, uh, I believe, at SI Chris Mannix on Twitter. You can correct me on that if I'm wrong. Uh, but uh, when you look at the uh, NCAA tournament, there are two guys now that seem to have elevated themselves to the top of the draft board, and, and that is obviously Zion and uh, Ja Morant. Do you think that there is any uncertainty as to who will be the number one pick, or do you think Zion is kind of a foregone conclusion? Granted, we're still three months away from the official draft, but what do you hear, if anything, about that? Yeah, I mean, everything I hear is that it's a lock, that he's going to go number one, and 
it, you know, there'll be a lot of chatter leading up to it about, you know, somebody, especially with Morant, because he plays a position that has become the marquee position in the NBA. But nobody's going to pass on Zion at number one. Uh, his, his, his talent, his marketability, everything that goes into him, they're, they're going to take him. I, I think when it gets, where it gets interesting is that I think you're going to see a lot of teams try to trade up to get John Morant. I think that's that's going to be where the draft gets really interesting because if you look at the top of it, there are some teams that, that already have point guards, and, and, I, and I think that you'll see a bunch of teams in that late lottery, even teams that are in the playoffs right now, that might try to put a package together to get Morant. But whoever has number one, that's... I think it's signed, sealed, delivered that they'll take uh, Zion Williamson. Do you, uh, and I'm curious, you talk to a lot of people in the league, and this is something we've debated a ton on the show, and we're talking to Chris Mannix at SI Chris Mannix on Twitter. Who do people say Zion reminds them of? And I think that's one of the real challenges is trying to project going forward who he could be, or people basically just saying this guy's kind of without precedent. Yeah, I mean, you hear a little bit of Barkley, because he's he's going to have to play kind of the four five and and I don't know what he officially is going to measure out as but he's only what like six five ish and he's he's got some some athleticism and incredible athleticism just like Barkley did uh, at at that point in his career but he is he is unique to a degree um, you, you know you, you look at what he he can do off the dribble and what he can do. Uh, kind of with that explosiveness and and the position he's going to play. I mean, there are concerns. Like he's not a slam dunk kind of a you know kind of top pick uh, because of the, the perimeter shooting. But how many guys come into the NBA with a polished jump shot? It just doesn't happen. So any of the concerns for Zion, they just they just get chalked up to the fact that he's raw and inexperienced. But to, just to, to directly answer your question, I have heard Barkley. I haven't heard too many other type of, of direct comparisons. You just don't, don't see a lot of guys with the size and skill set of Zion Williamson. Outstanding stuff as always. Appreciate you waking up early with us, Chris. We'll talk to you again soon. You got it, Clay. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Redestein tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended and installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their redestine test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Ladies and gentlemen I'm just glad I was there Boys and girls I thought he thought I was like this ginormous piece of chicken Dying time's here I had a bullet constrictor stuck to my face Sam, you have a what? This is Animal Thunderdome I want to start with this story I don't know if you have this one, Danny G But I saw this and I thought, this is tough and South Florida, everything seems to live <laughs> like there's uh, there's absolute uh, pandemonium bedlam. Poisonous bufo toads are infesting a neighborhood. Experts say the amphibians uh, all are known as cane toads. 
Residents in the infested Palm Beach Gardens neighborhood worry toxins secreted by the toads will harm their pets and children. These things have just taken over. Uh, Pest Removal Service said that recent rains coupled with warm temperatures sent the amphibians into a breeding cycle. Uh, They're even more likely to come throughout South Florida. And uh, this sounds to me like a, a terrifying situation. There will be another influx in uh, 22 days. Uh, So there is a toad infestation that has spread throughout South Florida. Crazy. Yeah, not just any kind of toad. Poisonous. Yeah, I don't know what a poisonous toad actually. Do we know anything about this poisonous toad? About these cane toads? No, I I read the same story, but I haven't researched about these toads they're they're ugly suckers though have you seen the pictures of them yeah no i have uh i i've looked at that and uh this is uh this is terrifying here is a story that i think would one billion percent mean that you have to sell the house a texas homeowner did you see this oh yeah reported seeing quote a few snakes under his own actually had dozens (laughs) of snakes that's scary 45 Four, rattlesnakes five, you would cry were living under this house 150 miles west of Dallas there is an 18 minute video of part of the actual removal the company said that finding that many ha- snakes at a house was uh, that was nice and clean and had a very well kept yard is unusual but that snakes only care about surviving. The company said on its Facebook page, the homeowner crawled underneath his home after high winds disrupted his cable service. The homeowner saw a few snakes, quickly crawled out, and contacted the snake removal company, which removed 45 rattlesnakes. Snakes will begin emerging from underneath Texas homes as the weather warms up, increasing the risk of snake bites. Officials say on average one to two people die every year from venomous snake bites in Texas. I would sell the house. (laughs) There is a 0% chance that if 45 rattlesnakes were... I'm not even kidding about this. I love my house. I like where we live right now. If there were 45 rattlesnakes living underneath my house, I would sell the home. I would say, you know what? It's time to move. I don't know what happened. And again, the thing that's wild about this story, if you watch it, is that like... This is not a, you know, like, I think it's one thing if it's an old rundown house with high grass and weeds and everything else, but these 45 rattlesnakes, like, this is evidently like a well-kept yard, totally normal home. Are you with me that if you found out 45 rattlesnakes were living in your home, you're like, I'm out? Oh, yeah. It would be like the scene in the movie Eight Mile with Eminem where they burn that house down. I, I, We're I, having I, a barbecue. I got to tell you, it, I don't know if I'd ever recover from the post-traumatic stress if I went underneath the house because my cable service was out. And when I went underneath there, I saw a bunch of the snakes and like, I, and I immediately kind of turned around and climbed back out. Uh, but I, I, I wonder in general... How is it possible that all these snakes were getting in and out of the house and the guy didn't realize that he had an issue? And again, it's not just snakes, it's rattlesnakes. 
I didn't even know that 45 rattlesnakes could live together like this. Every now and then we have one of these stories where it's like a snake nest and everybody's down there living together. Is that the worst place in America to live if you're a mouse? You talk about a rough break if you're a mouse trying to find a place to live. Uh, but I- I'm out. I, there, there's no way on earth that I'm continuing. By the way, I think we got a bunch of Animal Thunderdome we stories. We do. On the flip side, I have two really good shark stories you're going to uh, love. All right. Shark stories coming at the top of hour two. Cue the music up, boys. Let's complete today's Animal Thunderdome. All right, Clay, I promised you two shark stories. A photographer off the coast of South Africa, his name, Rainer Schimpf. He was in the water with two others using a bait bale of sardines trying to lure sharks for photos when a 45-foot bride's whale swam to the surface trying to enjoy a meal of fresh sardines. Well... This photographer, lucky to be alive because the giant whale swallowed him whole. Oh, my God. Yes. This is like Jonah. Yeah, and there's video of this, which is amazing. We were very astonished that out of nowhere this whale came up, he told Sky News. I was busy concentrating on the sharks because you want to know if the shark is in front of you or behind you, left or right. So we were very focused on the sharks and their behavior. Then suddenly it got dark. As the whale inhaled these uh, sardines, it also got chimp in its huge mouth he relied on his training the story says Um, he held his breath expecting the whale to dive to the bottom of the ocean he knew that he was too large for the whale to eat and figured that it would spit him out at some point Fortunately, the whale realized that it inhaled chimp and immediately opened its mouth and spit him out which you can see in the video he says I was just holding myself and bracing myself and calming myself down not to be panicked and it worked out he spat me out, and everybody's happy. The, first of all, I have to question several parts of this story. One, if your job is to like give chum in the ocean off the coast of South Africa, which is full of great white sharks, that's where they always go for Shark Week to go find the great white sharks, I have to question your decision-making in general. Is it that important? Like, what photograph of a shark are you going to get that hasn't been taken before? This is like my issue with people in crowds in general. Um, If you are watching a game and it's on national television, what's likely that you're going to get from your iPhone, like standing in the 40th row of the arena and you're filming stuff on your phone that you can't already get somewhere else with much better cameras that's on. Like It's not as if you are, let's say, at uh, at some event. You know, this is not the Zapruder film, right? Like the odds of you catching something like, oh, JFK just got shot and nobody else has footage of it except for the Zapruder family. Well, all right, the odds of you catching something in that crowd if you're pulling out your iPhone in the 40th row of an arena for a hockey or basketball game or whatever else pretty low yet every (laughs) time anything happens you see everybody with their phones up like I I don't get that yeah and to your point how about the people who film fireworks when are you ever going to watch that back yeah it's a good it's a good question just Uh, there are a lot of people who film fireworks it's stupid just watch the show i I, you should use the video to get like you got kids i totally get it because you go back like i was uh, on a plane without wi-fi uh recently when i was gone for 10 days traveling and i went back through all the old videos that i had on my phone of my kids and everything else like that's pretty awesome that's something you can't get elsewhere 
But I was like, I'm deleting any video I've got that's a stupid video. Like, hey, here I am in a crowd of 20,000 people filming something that 20,000 other people can see. That stuff needs to go. Uh, But in general, if you are a wildlife photographer here, what photo of a shark are you going to get that hasn't been taken before? Like, what are you anticipating that you're going to do that, that others haven't done before, such that risking your life by, like, giving chum-filled waters an opportunity to attract sharks. It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Well, in this case, the guy's GoPro got the insides of a whale, so... I'm also... Yeah, well, that... I'm also going to say this. Maybe be aware if a 45-foot whale is approaching. He's like, oh, we're worried about the sharks. How do you not see a 45-foot whale coming in your direction? If you are a photographer and you are... What are photographers renowned for? Their vision their eye i gotta say this guy might be the worst photographer of all time if he didn't see a 45 foot whale approaching until it ate him so congratulations for being the modern day jonah (laughs) Uh, at least you survived on the downside uh you managed to get eaten by a whale which seems like you kind of failed at your job all right and one more shark story for you here the lawyer in you is going to love this story A New York man is being accused of keeping live sharks in an above-ground pool inside of his house. He was trying to sell these things. Joshua Seguin, 38, of LaGrangeville, was charged this past Tuesday. He's accused of illegally possessing seven sandbar sharks, a protected species under New York law, with the intent to sell them. The arrest stems from a July 2017 investigation after Seguin was allegedly found in possession of five dead sharks in the back of his truck. DEC law enforcement and uh, marine biologists, they searched his home. They found dead sandbar shark as well as two dead leopard sharks, one dead hammerhead shark, and the snout of a small-toothed sawfish, which is also an endangered species, according to the Attorney General's office. Further investigation revealed he was selling sharks on a website called monsterfishkeepers.com. The the cost to legally acquire a sandbar shark, by the way, about $11,500. Wow. Yeah. Had a above-ground pool in his house? in his house with all these sharks. I mean, what a rough house to to, to (laughs) rob that would be. You're going in, you think, you know, I'm just going to steal this guy's car. First of all, if you ever put an above-ground pool in your house, that seems like a really risky move to begin with, right? Let's start there. Also, what kind of house do you have that you could fit an above-ground pool in it, right? I mean, that, that, that seems like a crazy move in and of itself. And then you have to have a – it has to be a saltwater above-ground pool, right? right? And then you're going to have seven sharks swimming in an above-ground pool. Above-ground pool is not very big. Like, those sharks would be right on top of each other. And mo- aren't most sharks – that are don't a lot of them fight? Which means that you're probably going to have, like, regularly dead sharks. Like the two dead leopard sharks and the dead hammerhead shark that yeah, they found Yeah, like they there? kill each other. Yeah. So how are you going to get the sharks out? you got to go in there. And how do you get a shark and pick it up? That's a good like question. Like, if you go buy a goldfish, they give you that little baggie, you know, that has the goldfish in it, and you're supposed yeah. to put it in the water and let it acclimate before your goldfish comes out and everything else. Like, you carry out the goldfish or most fish in, like, a little baggie. 
what do you how do you transport a shark how would you i mean i'm not i'm not even kidding like how do you go and get the shark out of the tank and get the shark moved it's not like there's a baggie you can put the shark in right i mean i i'm i'm genuinely confused by how you would even transport the shark You'd have to find a limo that had a hot tub in the back. Yeah, I mean, or t- I mean, like, do you fill up? I mean, I mean, genuine question: Do you fill up like a Tupperware? You know, like one of those big, you know, like plastic Tupperware bins, and just like shove the shark in there. And like, do you have a and, and you know, like, so you have to borrow a truck to go? Can you imagine if your buddy called you up and he's like, "Hey, can I borrow your truck?" You're like, "Yeah, you know, what do you need?" He's like, "I got to go pick up a shark," or you had to borrow somebody's SUV to go pick up a shark and how do you get it out like do you fish it out with a net you go buy a cocker spaniel or a labradoodle or whatever it is those things cost a few thousand dollars can you imagine withdrawing I mean, you got a lot there's a lot of questioning of your life that has to go in if you show up at a dude's house to buy a shark like think about think about your thought process and your decision making if you're like what are you going to do today i'm going to get on monsterfish.com and then I'm going to drive to some random dude's house where he's got a uh, uh, an in, uh, a indoor pool, not like a like an actual indoor in ground pool, like a above ground pool in his house. And then we're going to fish out this shark out of his above ground pool. And then I'm going to give him eleven thousand dollars in cash for a shark that I'm going to put into my Tupperware container. And then I'm going to go put it in the back of my buddy's truck. And then I'm going to drive it where? Like, where do you put a shark? How many people have an aquarium that they just drop a shark in? Does the guy deliver? It's like Domino's Pizza. Like, you just knock on the door, and he's got a huge shark in the back of it. Like, all of this. If some, I always say, a lot of times when you make bad decisions, you can go back and you can look at the series of bad decisions you had to get to to arrive at the place where you are. And at some point in time, I would think that an alarm bell would go off in your head if you're driving with $11,000 in cash to a random dude's house to get a shark out of a tank that he keeps in an above-ground pool in his house. Like, you would just think to yourself, you know what? There are a lot of bad decisions that have led to me being in this position. And when you're withdrawing $11,000 in cash from your bank account... And driving to the to the home of a guy who runs monsterfish.com, which, by the way, I really want to check out that website right now and be like, what other fish could I have bought from him? <laughs> oh, you know New York shut that website down. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We're just talking with Dan Wetzel, Yahoo Sports national columnist, about this Michael Avenatti uh, case and what a total mess it is. Um, Nike now getting drawn in potentially to the Adidas pay-for-play scandal, which has rocked college basketball for the past couple of years. Uh, Avenetti now out of uh, out of prison, I guess. He's posted bail, and he says that he still intends to uh, to levy all of the accusations against Nike that he was accused of extorting the company for. Now, It is often the case that an extortion claim does not mean the underlying issue that is being extorted is false. Follow me down this line uh, for a moment. So if you paid attention at all to the Amazon case, 
Uh, Jeff Bezos has accused the National Enquirer of extorting him over an alleged extramarital relationship with a woman. Um, And uh, his allegation of extortion did not say that the allegation that he had had an extramarital relationship was untrue. If you remember the David Letterman case, several years ago, David Letterman came out as part of his monologue and said, so I'm being extorted. Uh, And he was being extorted based on a relationship he had had with a woman in the past. If you remember the Rick Pitino criminal trial, the allegation wasn't that Rick Pitino had not had sex with this woman. It was that he was being extorted over having sex with this woman. So the line between a settlement and an extortion is often a very narrow one. Nike was able to get the Southern District of New York to charge Michael Avenetti with an extortion claim, but it doesn't mean that the allegations he's soon going to levy against Nike are untrue. In fact, it may be even more evidence that they are true. And so I think this continues to bring up sort of an existential crisis that exists in college athletics, which is in particular in the basketball world, Top players are all getting paid to go play for top teams. And as Dan Wetzel just walked us through, I think this is a really important aspect of these cases that has not been discussed very much. When these Adidas executives were found guilty of fraud and sent to prison, effectively what that jury did was they codified existing NCAA rules and made them law. In other words, they made the NCAA more powerful than the NCAA was before because in the past, all the NCAA could do was levy punishments on schools that violated rules. Now, if you violate NCAA rules and a federal prosecutor comes after you, they can threaten you with prison time. And that is a substantial change in the overall direction of college athletics. I also think... This is something that isn't talked about enough when you have all the people who get out and bang the drum of you need to be paying the players. Almost all of the top players, it would appear based on these investigations into college athletics, are being paid by these shoe companies already. And if you think about it, it makes complete sense that these shoe companies would be paying all these top players because effectively what they're doing is putting a down payment on their ability to sign those guys when their contracts effectively begin as pro athletes in the NBA. Let me give you an example. Zion Williamson's shoe blowing up in that game against North Carolina was a massive story. Most of us focused on the question of whether Zion was healthy enough to come back and play. Some of us, including this show, we, didn't, we talked about Zion's health, but we also talked about how that shoe blowing out was the best thing that could have ever happened to Zion Williamson's career because it guaranteed that Nike or Adidas or Reebok or Under Armour or Fila or Puma or whoever it is, some Chinese company, was going to have to pay him orders of magnitude more to wear their shoes. Whatever the Air Zion was going to be worth before, After that injury, it was worth that much more. But if you want to sign Zion Williamson, wouldn't you already be paying him? 
let's be honest. If you were Nike and you were prepared to give Zion Williamson $120 million, let's just say, in a shoe contract, the minute that he decides to declare that he's going to go pro, are you really telling me that you wouldn't also give him a couple of hundred thousand dollars under the table for his family while he's serving his sabbatical in college basketball? And are you really telling me that there aren't a lot of Zions out there across the college basketball landscape who are receiving early down payments from these shoe companies on the talents that they'll be able to unlock as soon as they officially declare for the NBA? So when there is a discussion about, oh, we got to pay the players, they're making so much money off of NCAA basketball, I think it's worth pointing out to whoever is saying that, well, the players are already getting paid. If you look at the wiretaps of Adidas and if you look at the allegations being levied by Michael Avenatti, the reason why there is the opportunity to extort at all is because of existing NCAA rules. You can't extort somebody if it's fine to allow high school players with top talents to be paid to go to colleges and universities. That would just be the equivalent of extorting somebody because they make millions of dollars to play in the NBA. Yeah, we know. That's their job. Well, these guys' job is to play college basketball. And if you're at a high-level college basketball player, you're probably going to get some money. And if you become a high-level college basketball player, you're probably going to get some money too, like John Morant. If I'm an executive right now at Nike or Adidas and I'm thinking about trying to sign him, then I want to get my product and my money in front of him as quickly as I can and help to allow him to make a choice over which company he's going to sign with. And I don't know what his family's financial status is right now, but if I thought I could give him $100,000 while he was still playing in college basketball, and that would help me to sign a $100 million deal with him in uh, a few years, would I do that? 100% I would. I think that's going on all over college athletics. So, as we get ready for this Michael Avenetti bombshell or whatever he's claiming he's still going to release on Twitter, the question that I have, and I think it's a big one, and I think it's a good one, and I think it's worthy of debate and discussion and contemplation by many of you out there listening to us in all 50 states right now, is this. Why do we care? Why do we care whether college athletes get additional benefits based on their talent? If we completely eliminated the concept of improper benefits... What would actually the sport look like? Would it look very much different than it does now? For everybody out there who cares, my question for you would be, okay, you just helped to set all-time records for NCAA television viewership. 28-year high. The most people are watching the NCAA tournament right now as watched all the way back when UNLV and Duke had their duel in 1990 and 1991. If you are watching the NCAA tournament, is your enjoyment of an NCAA tournament game going to be changed because some guy's driving in a Range Rover or staying in a nicer apartment in a college town than he otherwise would have been able to afford based on what his parents' income is? Is there a single person on the planet who would enjoy watching Zion Williamson play at Duke less if they knew that he had a Range Rover? 
Is there a single person on the planet who would have enjoyed watching Ja Morant play less if they knew that he had the fanciest apartment for a college kid at Murray State? And if your answer is yes, if you're like, you know what, I wouldn't have enjoyed that Central Florida game between Duke and Central Florida as much if I knew Zion Williamson was driving a brand new tricked out Range Rover my question for you would be, how did you get to this place? How did you get to the place in your life where the possessions of a 19-year-old impact whether or not you can enjoy a sporting event? And I think it's a fascinating one because I think a lot of you right now, as you drive into work to go make money based on your labor, I think a lot of you are maybe sitting around saying, yeah, why do I care? Now, that's not to say that the rules don't exist. It's to ask you why the rules do exist. Just just because something exists doesn't mean it should exist forever. What do we actually gain by NCAA rules? I understand that you need a baseline rules in place, right? You have to get X test score. You have to grad, you have to take high school algebra and pass it. Like those basic college requirements to be able to be an athlete, I think make total sense, just like we have to have basic requirements to be able to enroll as a student, period. You don't want somebody who has never been in a high school environment to suddenly show up and expect them to do work at Duke or at UNC joke there certainly given the unc academic scandal at the university or any other prominent university in the country but as nike threatens to get drawn into this adidas mess my question for you is what are we protecting why does amateurism matter at all and why are there people out there investigating what kind of car a player drives what kind of apartment a player has, whether or not somebody's mom or dad got a job because of their son or daughter's talents. What a weird, strange universe it is for us to have ever bought into the concept of an improper benefit. And think about that phrase, improper benefit. It doesn't, like, that's one of the most ludicrous concepts I've ever heard of. An improper benefit. You got a free meal because you're good at basketball. Is that really an improper benefit? I'm good at radio. Every now and then I get a free meal. Would anybody say, oh my God, Clay Travis, that guy got an improper benefit. He did a radio show. Somebody bought him a beer. Somebody bought him a meal because they really like his show. I can afford to pay. Thankfully. But how ludicrous would you, if you heard that, if you were like, I'm listening to Clay Travis's show. Oh my God, he just got suspended. What did he do? He say something really inappropriate on the radio? He get arrested? No, 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 no. He, he's suspended right now because he got too many free meals. Be like, what? Be like a record scratch moment for you, right? If, I, if, if tomorrow morning I didn't show up on the radio show and... 
Jason Martin or Jeff Schwartz or whoever was sitting in for me. He's like, guys, I'm sorry. We have to, we had to indefinitely suspend Clay Travis from radio. Like, oh my God, what did he do? Well, we found out that he was driving a car and he got a really good deal on that car because the guy who runs the car dealership is a fan of his radio show. Like, what? Clay Travis did not show up for work today. We found out that he's been going to this steakhouse and he's only been paying his bill once a month, but he eats there four times a month. 75% of the time, that bill's getting picked up by the owner of the steakhouse because he's a big fan of Clay Travis's radio show. You'd be like, what? <laughs> what? What? Are you kidding me? That's kind of the universe that exists right now in college athletics. And by the way, um, I drive a Range Rover. Does that make you like my show less? Everybody out there is like, well, if I found out Zion Williamson's driving a Range Rover, I wouldn't have enjoyed that Central Florida game. I drive a Range Rover. It's a nice car, nice vehicle. Are you like, man, I could never listen to Clay Travis again. He's got a nice car. Or are you like, yeah, I would expect somebody who has talent in a capitalistic society like America to have a nice car. Probably a nice house, too. Probably a good-looking wife. Would any of that surprise any of you? That's the world we're in right now in college athletics. I don't claim to have the solution. I feel like we need to have a big major panel discussion on this. But we're at 28-year highs in NCAA tournament viewing even amidst this Adidas scandal and even amidst what may grow into a Nike scandal. And the reason why is because people like the games. People enjoy the NCAA tournament. And it doesn't matter if some of the kids who are playing in the NCAA tournament, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds, are getting more. Now, the rules exist And I understand they have to be implemented. And I think LSU, for instance, when your coach is on an FBI wiretap talking about making deals to pay players, I think you have to suspend him and probably not allow him to coach for you ever again. But I do think it's time to take a step back and say, we fired Rick Pitino. We're probably going to have to fire Will Wade. Is it time to reconsider the way that we legislate and govern all of college athletics in light of the fact that we live in a capitalistic society and it shouldn't stun people or cause them to grab their pearls and fall on the fainting couch because capitalism gets through when capitalism is not supposed to be allowed to get through? That's how you create black markets. That's how you create underground payments is by not allowing markets to efficiently be run and for people to be able to pay for the talent that they want to pay for. It's fascinating to me. And I also find it amazing that anybody out there could be a free market capitalist and yet be upset if Zion Williamson's living in a nicer apartment or driving a nicer car than he would otherwise be able to afford because of his talents. That's called capitalism. I'm trying to sell my labor for as much as I can. You probably are trying to sell your labor for as much as you can. Why would you begrudge or be surprised by 
a college basketball player doing the same thing. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. And you know O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o o who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly and by the way i was just at o'reilly not that long ago within the last month and guess what needed some help with the alternator had some questions with the batteries they helped me right away and did it right there in the parking lot the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto, do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit them at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! What's the secret to catching prize-worthy fish in exotic waters? Learning to fish like a local with Fishing Booker. Hey, Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. There's only one way to turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day, and that's with the valuable knowledge of a local guide. With FishingBooker.com, you have the world's largest booking platform of local fishing guides right at your fingertips. Use Fishing Booker's easy-to-use online booking system and discover thousands of local fishing charters from around the world ready to share their tricks of the trade. Create your perfect fishing experience and search for charters by location, species, salt versus freshwater, and more. Plus, it's smooth sailing with Fishing Booker's simple online payment method. You'll always fish with confidence when you start fishing like a local. Start your angling adventure now with Fishing Booker. Visit FishingBooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installed near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be we bring in Petros Papadakis at at the old P on Twitter, uh, at Petros and Money Show, AM570 LA Sports. Boom, I'm on fire, getting everything right today. How much enjoyment would you get out of LeBron James being traded to the Denver Nuggets? In hour one, we talked with Chris Mannix, and he said, you know what, um, you know, if you had to make a move... Maybe if the Nuggets really aren't able to really make a strong run in the Western Conference, they could make that trade. Would would a part of you love to see LeBron traded out of L.A.? Well, after all the fanfare and the murals and then the defacing of the murals yes. and all those different things, and I was there on Friday night. I went to my first Laker game in years and watched them be, become eliminated from the playoffs officially. I don't know if I would love it, but it would certainly be a gigantic turn. I mean, it's not a bad thing to have LeBron in Los Angeles. It's a great talking point, and it makes the Lakers more relevant than talking about Josh Hart or somebody like that or Brandon Ingram's blood clots, which are great topics, but my God, it's LeBron James. But if they traded him, I think it would be – I think you'd have a long debate on on whether or not that qualifies for irony and all the other things that that go along with it. But you guys should tweet that out. If Chris Mannix actually said that on your show, that is huge news. When your Twitter guy wakes up, uh, you should put that out because that that will freak people out because everybody's always looking for a reason to defend or humiliate LeBron James. There's not a lot in the middle. Um. What was the vibe that you saw on Friday night when you were at Staples Center watching the Lakers? What kind of vibe did you – you're born and raised in the L.A. area. So what did you kind of pick up? You've been to a lot of Laker games over the years. What did the arena feel like? I wouldn't say I've been to a lot uh, because I've never really covered the Lakers consistently. But I've been to a lot of – like as as far as going to games. But, you know, I've been to more than a dozen over the years uh, since I've been in the media – and Laker games are very interesting. Have you ever been to one? I never have, actually. Oh, you should go because it really there, there's a reason that that they're the Lakers. There's a reason that Doctor Bus built that thing at the Forum in Inglewood a long time ago. I mean, you would call it a Hollywood freak show in some regards. Like every five or six seats, you know, somebody just looks like an absolute freak. You know. Uh, <laughs> Like rich people freak, not yeah. not 
homeless freak or yes. person experiencing homelessness. Uh, and then, you know, most of the noise and the crowd and the passion comes from the 300 section, you know, the top ring of, uh, of Staples Center where probably the true fans are. But you have a lot of people that want to be seen and a lot of people that are are making the drive over from Malibu, Beverly Hills, the Palisades, Holmby Hills, Bel Air, stuff like that. It, it really is an interesting scene, and it's something you have to do in sports before you're done covering sports and become the, uh, the senator of uh, Tennessee or whatever <laughs> it is you aspire to. You know what's wild is, and I was uh, out to do this show. We did some uh, some skits on Friday in L.A. of uh, of a while ago, and then I did the show Monday and Tuesday of last week in LA and so I was in town over the weekend too and you you drive around uh and and so first of all I was out in Manhattan Beach on St. Patrick's Day and I was thinking to myself this has to be Petros Papadakis's worst nightmare where did you go Sharks Cove Hennessy's the Shellbacks Hercules where were you I went to Hennessy's uh (laughs) and I went to Shellback all the chairs. Well, Shellback's been there since like the 30s or something. Yeah. The Shellback is an amazingly awesome bar. I love that yeah. place. Yeah, you're okay. Laker coach Luke Walton could use a shot or two there. Yeah. Uh, that used to be one of his favorite places. Uh, but uh, I would say the one fun fact I have is all the chairs in Hennessy's are from my father's restaurant when we changed our chairs. Oh, wow. So you were sitting on a chair from my dad's restaurant. But Manhattan Beach uh, is an area that's changed a great deal uh, while I was growing up, but it's a very nice area where most of the uh, well-heeled sports world uh, lives, like Lakers and uh, Los Angeles Kings have been there for a very long time uh, hanging out. Uh, Tiger Woods had a home there. Pete Carroll has a home there. Uh, Lane it's that Kiffin, kind of place. That's where Lane had his place. Yeah, Lane Kiffin, Jim Mora, uh, all of those guys. So it's uh, I think Vince Vaughn bought Lane Kiffin's That's house. That's right. That's right? right. And I think Jimmy Kimmel lives down there now. So uh, it's really changed a great deal. From when I was a kid, it was just burnouts and surfers and families. And if you were a heroin addict, you lived in Hermosa Beach. <laughs> uh, now Hermosa Beach has yuppies, too, and rich college kids, you know, the kind of kids that pay to get into USC. And they rent big houses right next to $3 million houses of kids trying, of uh, people trying to raise their kids. And uh, it's a real clash of the titans. What do you think – I don't know if you saw this, but Dr. Dre – went on Twitter and posted a picture of his daughter and said she got in all on her own, yet he donated, I think, like $70 million to USC. Do you think that he did it even – I understand maybe he's probably thinking, hey, we didn't pay uh, to fake an athletic career, but what kind of move would it have been by USC to reject Dr. Dre's daughter after he donated $70 million to the university? Well, they weren't going to reject the seventy million. Yeah, right. <laughs> they're going to take that money. Uh, they weren't going to go back and listen to Dr. Dre's lyrics and or or look into his past with Michelle or or whatever. And uh, me too, Dr. Dre. They were going to take the seventy million and then deal with it afterwards. Uh, I mean. I think that it was ill-advised. I think he deleted the tweet, but I mean, I don't understand how he could not think 
Well, hey. I don't know what the daughter what the daughter's qualifications are, and I certainly don't work in admissions. So uh, maybe she was absolutely qualified, and he had a reason to be proud. But when you donate seventy million to the university, your daughter get in gets into, you know, I don't care how big of a celebrity you are. The best thing to do is just shut up about it. <laughs> Uh, which is ironic, certainly, for somebody who like us who makes a living talking on the radio. Uh, I'm glad they don't shut up about it. Um, all right, let's circle back around. The Major League Baseball starts on Thursday, which I think yeah, is going to so catch. Are you excited, Clay? You never talk about baseball, and you've never been to a Dodger game either. No, it's not true. I went to the World Series game with the Dodgers. All right, well, that sort of counts. Unlike you, who bails as soon as the game starts. Although, I will tell you this. I, this is where I bet you and I are in concert. I was in Las Vegas, which I know is a city that you hate, to do uh, Lock It In on Wednesday. Hey, Thursday, I, I thought you did a great job. I saw you running around and high-fiving everybody after Tennessee got that big victory. Yes. And you were you were elated and having a great time with all the, the, the viewers. And uh, I, I had noticed how your show has grown. And I, I was I had a moment of actually being proud of you. Well, I'm touched. My heart is uh, soaring now. But I, I, I this, stop playing Taylor Swift. This will be something that you will, I think, agree with as well. So Sunday morning, Tennessee is playing against uh, Iowa. Game tips off at nine ten, I think it was Pacific time. I'm in the casino, you know, in the MGM Grand Hotel. Uh, I wake up that morning and. I enjoy, and I don't know if you're the same way. Obviously, we've watched a lot of games over the years on the Fox lot for College Football Universe, and that's always fun your to hang analysis, out. Your analysis while Great watching throw. the game on television is un, un, few, un, unparalleled. Few people know the game of football better than me. Hate to brag, but few people in the history of mankind have ever had a better job breaking down the game of football. But Two phrases that will go down in history uh, that you say uh, – Great throw. Yep. And great catch. Great throw, great catch. It's very it's just few people. Really, really good stuff. Really bring it home. Um, so, <laughs> I uh, prefer, and I've been made fun of this by my other by other friends and everything else. But if a game is, uh, if I have my choice, and it's a game that I really care about, and I'm far too old to care as much as I do about how eighteen and nineteen year olds are going to play in a college basketball game. But I'm a Tennessee fan. I desperately cared about the outcome of that Iowa game. I watched that game with the sound off. I have it muted in my hotel room by myself. And in an ideal world, every big game, I would rather watch with the sound off by myself because the announcers annoy me if I really care, because I convince myself they're biased against my team or I think they're overselling things. Also, I know what's happening in the game. I don't need to be told about it. And I would rather just have complete silence and not be surrounded by anyone. Is that weird, or do you kind of also feel that way if you care about a particular sporting event? Well, I have a couple questions. Uh, Number one, were you pacing around a lot like during uh the breaks and and uh like did you have a hard time sitting still and what not, were you not wearing? so much not so much sitting still although i talk and like yell at the television and i'm like you know yell at the officials in particular or at players for particularly dumb shots or bad fouls you know those kind of things like there's a running monologue 
even though I'm watching the game by myself. Uh, now, were you unable to eat and drink like you're driving a NASCAR car in a race? Yeah, like, now you know, you're totally empty. Here's my thing. when I, I This is a flaw, I think, in me in general. When I am on the road and uh, and I'm working and I'm staying in a hotel, I often will forget to eat. Like, especially if it's the West Coast and I wake up and I feel like I'm chasing the day. You know, like, this is an early morning radio show. Uh, but if I, you know, take a nap after the radio show or whatever and I wake up and I'm like, oh, my God, it's 8 o'clock on the East Coast, uh, on the West Coast. Well, it's 11 on the East Coast. What have I missed? So I didn't eat anything. So, I, you know, I didn't. I woke up, put on the television um just get there in bed i'm in i don't know my you know i put on a t-shirt usually i don't know i sleep in my boxer shorts and a t-shirt or just boxer shorts or whatever that's pretty much it um so i would prefer that's the way that i would prefer to watch and you know i think i took a shower at halftime because i had to go to the airport i was ready to go uh to roll out but for instance on thursday night now i might watch it with my boys uh because uh my sons are becoming fans uh, of uh, of of sports, and so I might watch it with them. But I'd say when, try to take yourself less seriously when Tennessee is playing. No, and stop te- mentioning people for the Vanderbilt job. Like anybody wants that job. It's a great job. It's a great place. Great city. Great school. That would be my advice. Just uh, try to relax. So, uh, do you find that strange? Like, when's the last time you deeply cared about the outcome of a sporting event? Oh, I care all the time. Deeply, about people. though. I mean, I root for people all the time, but I do it in the privacy of my own home without screaming at the television or, or you know, closing the doors. So if you watch a game that you care about, you never yell or you're say anything, like you're completely silent during the game. Generally stone-faced, yeah. Stone-faced. See, I can't do it. I well, am that a- comes from being a sideline guy. At USC, when I first started working on the radio, I was USC sideline guy. Yeah. And many of my teammates were on that team. You know, I played with, with most of the guys that were out there performing. And uh, I the first year, I think I jumped around once, and somebody from the media punched me in the back and said, don't do that. And, and I learned my lesson. Yeah, because you can't cheer in the sports. And, and I don't do it in I like I just the... took it seriously all the way around. I just, you know... I mean, I might swear at somebody or, or call somebody uh, a weenie, uh, maybe not in that nice of terms, but but generally, I just uh, I try to be calm about it. I'm I'm 41 years old, and nothing's gonna nothing I do is gonna change the outcome of the game. And if the outcome of the game changes my attitude toward anybody around me, shame on me. I mean, those people wouldn't pee on me if I was on fire. Why should I let it affect my day? I'm it's cur- supposed to be entertainment, Clay. I understand. Uh, I want you to to tag me uh, at Clay Travis and at the old P. Do you think it's weird, weirder, for Petros to watch a game primarily in stone faced silence, or for me? I drink. You drink. <laughs> Join the club. Uh, or for me to be yelling at the television, yelling at the officials, even though there's no one else there to hear me but me. We got to go to a break here. Uh, Anything else that I should have asked you about that I didn't? No. (laughs) Petros will be on this afternoon. Baseball season's almost here. We didn't even get to talk about it. No, the opening day is Thursday at Dodger Stadium. We'll all be out there. There'll be be a lot of guys throwing baseballs around. And you will leave before the game even starts? Two hours before the game starts. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's, I mean, I don't know. Do you know Just how saying. good I feel driving away from a full stadium full of screaming children and people and PA announcements, and, 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 and I'm going home of driving away from that chaos like I'm driving away from like a, a nuclear war? It's a great feeling. It's also a good feeling, I would imagine, because Chavez Ravine is a disaster to get in and out of, to be able to not be caught in the traffic leaving that stadium, although I'm sure you get caught in the L.A. traffic like – five minutes after you leave the stadium so it's just gridlock anyway uh yeah good you st- hurry up and wait good stuff as always petros papadakis at the old p on twitter who's weirder his silence with a maybe a, a sniffer of whiskey or me screaming and yelling by myself with no sound coming from the television fox sports radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. we got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying, flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on!